Welcome to the Journal.ie Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Laura Byrne, and this week we're asking, how did Ireland get so many Oscar nominations? The 95th Academy Award nominations have been announced and Ireland has swept the board, with Irish films, actors and production teams now in the mix with big Hollywood players. The Banshees of Inishirin was the star of the show, as many expected, with a total of nine nominations, but there were a few surprises in the mix as well. Needless to say, it's not yet clear how many Irish acts will go on to win big at the LA ceremony, but regardless, this is a very big day for Irish cinema. To delve into why this is the case and who we can expect the winners to be, we're joined now by our producer Eva Barry to take a look at who's in the mix and how it all works. Eva, thanks for joining us today. And let's get into the nitty gritty here. Ireland fared so well today. There were high hopes, I know, but how many nominations did we get in total? Yeah, there are really high hopes for this year's Oscars. It was definitely one that there was like a huge amount of buzz about um, compared to previous years. And all in all, it was really an amazing day. We succeeded, I suppose, above the list that people were, were writing down about what they predicted we'd get. Um, 14 nominations overall and nine of those went to the Banshees of Inisherin. So the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences members who picked those nominees definitely were really big fans of Irish um, you know, output over 2022. So, for example, um, Banshees of Inisherin, we got nominations there for Colin Farrell um, in Best Actor, Barry Keown and Brendan Gleeson are up against each other in Best Supporting Actor that's going to be a tough day for them Kerry Condon is nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actress again she's in Banshee's Vinishirin and a big surprise was Paul Meskell in um, Best Actor category that's really big I think for him I mean he's such a young young actor um, also Banshee's itself got nominations for Best Film and Best Director as well there's also nods for music and film editing and the big one as well too outside of that film was on Colleen Kuhn which has become the first Irish language film to be nominated in the Best International Film category as well too and an Irish goodbye which is uh, less well known but a lot of people will be looking up how to watch it now has been shortlisted as best live action short and then Irishman Jonathan Redmond was part of the editing team on Elvis which has got a best editing nomination so a whole sweep of nominations there for Ireland in the Oscars today so the, the 12th of March is when it's taking place and we'll be hoping we get a few wins out of that which are pretty much guaranteed I would say in a couple of categories. So that's some collection of nominations today. I know as we said the hope were high but that's got to come as some surprise Yeah I mean the thing was people were pretty sure that Banshees of Inisherin would get a few nominations today when they were being announced because Colin Farrell for example won a Golden Globe recently if you look at all of the predictions across the US trade press and you know across kind of what the Oscar experts and film experts were saying Banshees of Inisherin was really kind of up there because it was really well loved by critics people just absolutely loved it any podcast you listen to any article review you read they really loved it over there and because Colin Farrell is quite well loved at the moment in Hollywood and, and over the last 20 or so years that he's been an actor there was hopes that he would definitely get into the best actor category but then when you came down to Brendan Gleeson and, and Barry Keown even though people really loved their performances you know that wasn't guaranteed necessarily that they'd get into best supporting actor or at least the two of them would get in Kerry Condon was pretty much a shoe in in Best Supporting Actress although she had loads of um, loads of competition there so I suppose in a way there was like some surprises but some guaranteed ones that we managed to tick off the list but on Colleen Kuhn was a big one not so much that's a surprise because people thought oh it's you know it's not good enough to be there or anything like that but that it was a really tight competition there's a lot of really great entrants for the Best International Film category and I mean that particular film on Colleen Kuhn was shortlisted so it had already gone from being in a list of 92 down to a list of 15 but it was 
a lot of competition to get down to that last five. So that was a really great surprise in one way. Paul Mescal, I would think, is the biggest surprise because even though people were really hoping that he would get in, there was no guarantee he was going to get into the best actor category. I mean, that was a really big one. And he got that for After Sun, which is an independent British film by a first time director. So there was a lot of things there that were maybe stacked against it. So a really big day overall. So really exciting and obviously it's going to be a big day for us uh, when it happens. And now I know we touched on this a little bit in previous episode, but how do you actually get nominated for an Oscar? Are you entering yourself or are you picked? Yes, you have to go back to who runs the Oscars. It's run by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences or AMPAS. And the real name of the Oscars is the Academy Awards. The Oscars is like a nickname that's been around for a long time. The members of the Academy, they're basically the people that nominate and vote for the films. So there's around 9,900 people who are members of the Academy and there's different branches for different roles that are within the film industry. So there's like a branch for directors and the branch for actors, etc, etc. For most of the categories, And when it comes to nominations, the members of each branch will nominate towards that particular award. So if you're an actor and you're a member of AMPAS, you are nominating your faves for the best actor category or the other actor categories, for example. For some categories, it's a little different. Kind of touched on it there with the best international film category, for example. That one comes from a shortlist that the different countries kind of nominate their best film they think should go forward. And then the shortlist comes from that. And then you get the nominees out of that, if you get me. So there's slightly different processes um, for different, a couple of the different categories. Now, you have to be made eligible to be nominated. So your film has to be available to be watched at a paid screening by the public for at least a week in a commercial theatre in Los Angeles County between the 1st of January and the 31st of December of that particular year. So you can't just kind of, you know, make a film yourself and say, oh, lads, will you consider this? It has to be one that people have paid in to watch um, in the US in LA specifically except for international features um, because obviously they might not have been able to be distributed in the US so the rules are slightly different there and I think there's different rules for documentaries and shorts as well because they are submitted by their producers to be considered um, all of the Academy members basically they just put forward who they you know believe should be the winners they nominate who they like and then those nominations get whittled down by Cooper. what they basically do is they take them all and kind of like the Irish um, you know voting system they look at the first choices and then narrow down once people get to um, a certain number you know they can be considered to be nominated and then they go through all the different choices and so all of the nominees come out of that so there is a specific um, system for that it's like a a preference system so that is how people get chosen but it's not just a kind of a a random situation in terms of who gets nominated you have to abide by those rules of being shown in the cinema then you're, you're put forward by those members and then out of that the winners are chosen out of ballots um, that are sent around with all the nominees written on those ballots and everybody across the academy gets to vote for the nominees like who will win out of the nominees if you get me. So in a very Hollywood way I'd imagine that involves a lot of schmoozing so to get yourself into the frame. Uh, What are the main difficulties then facing filmmakers in this sphere? I suppose the main thing is it's a really crowded field and you're also, if you're a smaller film, up against really well-known names and really well-known people. And there's thousands of members that are voting from across the world because the Academy has had to change its, I suppose, approach to who are the members of the Academy over the last number of years, particularly since the Oscars So White campaign in 2016, to try and make sure that it's not, you know, um, all mostly white, like literally over 90% white and over, I think it was over 90% male um, in the past. Now it's, it's a bit broader. So there's a lot of people 
people there and you know there's a lot of different tastes and so you're competing against very well-known people if you're if you want your film to be considered you're competing against well-known directors well-known actors against really big production studios and companies and distributors with a lot of money you know you're you're also up against people who can pay to get billboards with the name of their film up in LA where you have the big members of the academy going driving past in their car and going oh this film you know looks good or whatever if you're a smaller one you have to really work hard for your campaign and to get out there you also have to ensure people have seen your film so you'll have to have screenings for academy members too so there's all these different you know things that come into play I did an interview with the makers of On Colleen Kuhn Cleon and E. Crowley the, the producer and Colin Parade the director about all of the work they had to put into actually getting their film in front of members of the academy to even just be considered for being put on those nomination ballots so if you're smaller things are stacked against you a little bit more than they are if you're a bigger film but at the same time you can see some surprises like this year Andrea Riseborough got nominated for Best Actress and she really wasn't in the mix until a lot of other actors started talking about her and talking about the film which is called To Leslie which is a small independent film and it seems like she's an amazing actress so she does definitely deserve to be there but it seems like she got that extra bit of visibility from just being talked about so you can have those kind of things happening too. So obviously that must mean that things have changed in terms of how winners are picked over the years. Is it now more about creating a buzz in a very 2023 way? Things have changed in terms of how the Academy works. So going back to what I was saying about the Oscars So White campaign, which was actually back in 2015, sorry, not 2016, that started with the idea of looking at the Academy and the fact that there was so many white members of it and that it wasn't really reflecting the diversity of Hollywood. So now, you know, when it comes to how the Academy has changed, you are looking at a lot more people who are making the decisions and it's a lot broader. But you're also looking at a lot more, I suppose, uh, critical eyes being put onto the Academy and saying, well, how are the members that are nominating films representing the film industry and representing the many different types of people from all different backgrounds and types of films that are being made are they being represented properly so I suppose if you're a person who's a member of the Academy you're going to be thinking a lot more hopefully about who you're nominating that you're not just putting down on your list you know the five biggest films of the year made by the biggest directors um, and I think that would be the biggest change that there's more diversity and that you're, that you're hoping this will come through then and who's nominated um, things haven't changed radically but you have seen some big films being nominated and people of colour particularly being nominated across the acting categories and in the directing category but I mean this year for example you don't see any women being nominated in uh, some of the categories and you I think in the best director there's no women for example so you're still talking about kind of old habits dying hard in Hollywood. And Aoife back to the Irish nominations is the Banshees of Inishir in a typical type of Irish film that could easily win an Oscar? I think you could definitely argue that it is in the sense that it's an easily identifiable Irish film. You know, it's identifiably Irish in the setting. It's set on an island. It's set back in the 1920s. There's really great knitwear. It's also identifiably Irish because you've got a really strong cast of Irish people who are very recognisable, you know, in the US. You've got Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson who have really good long careers. Martin McDonough is a name that people know over in the US and Hollywood. He's made some films based in the US and some not based in the US. Um, He's someone who's, you know, won awards before. Colin Farrell has won plenty of awards. Brendan Gleeson has. So I think it's a film that people would 
see as a very Irish film and in a way they're awarding Ireland and rewarding Ireland's film industry if it does win Oscars from the point of view of the people actually voting for for the winners. Um, but I think also for the Irish film industry too, it's very recognisable all the work that's gone into it and the fact that it has people who have, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the camera who have a lot of years under their belt in working really hard in the Irish industry and breaking out of the Irish industry. So I think all those things go really well for it in terms of, you know, the optics and how it's seen in Hollywood, but also that it's a really big win for Ireland if it wins any of those Oscars. And if you tell us a little bit about the Irish language film on Colleen Kuhn, a huge goodwill behind this film. Why do you think it was so successful at the box office? Yeah, it really was successful at the box office. You know, if people didn't realise by six months in the box office in Ireland, meaning, you know, people paying in to see it in the cinema, it had made over a million euro, which is pretty incredible. But the really big thing about that is with Uncolly and Kuhn, it's been a real word of mouth success. So every single week when you're looking at the box office figures, the makers were seeing those numbers going up and up and up, which is indicating people were coming out of the cinema and saying to their friends, do you know what I just saw there? A really great film. Go in and see it. So it wasn't so much that people thought in the first week, oh, we'll just go see this Irish film and to just support it. They were you know, really feeling touched and emotionally moved by Uncolleen Kuhn. And that really shows how it's been resonating with people. It's based on a, a book by Claire Keegan, an amazing writer. The novella is called Foster. And it's one that really shows the strength of Ireland's literary history and, you know, filmmaking history as well, too. They did a really good social media campaign, a very strong social media campaign. And they also got a lot of big names to praise them. You know, Fiona Shaw, the actor and the filmmaker and writer Mark Cousins were, you know, putting their name against it from day one, which really helped to get into festivals. And it also won an award at the Berlin Film Festival, which is where it debuted. So it had all of these big markings along the way but it also had that word of mouth that has helped its success um, in the box office and then that's helped it then with people talking about it being in the mix when it was shortlisted for that particular category. And do you think on Colin Kuhn is a bit of a game changer for Irish films in particular? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen a lot more Irish language films coming out over the last number of years. It's not like it's not like people haven't been making Irish language films or that they haven't been making good ones. They certainly have. Um, the Sina Cahar scheme, which is run by TG Cahar and, and Screen Ireland and the BAI are involved as well. That particular scheme has been really focused at making feature films in the Irish language. And this film on Colleen Kuhn comes out of that particular scheme. So this film's success is proof of how good a scheme like that is by actually focusing in on Irish language films and showing what you know how far it can go but it's set a new standard you know it's showing that Irish language film there's no barrier there you know there isn't that kind of barrier in terms of the language when it comes to traveling to other countries and it just shows you can literally get nominated for an Oscar if you make a really good film and also it's a first time director feature director Colin Braid's first feature it hasn't got a really famous cast outside of Ireland it's fairly low-key all of these things that maybe people might think would go against it have actually really worked for it so it wears its Irish proudly and that has done it well. Now Aoife you mentioned Paul Meskell earlier on I mean he's certainly the surprise nomination today and he's very much a part of a new generation of Irish talent. Yeah, it's really amazing because I was looking back at, you know, the 90s, uh, particularly 1989 for My Left Foot and 1992 for The Crying Game when we got a load of really great nominations in the Oscars then. I'm just thinking about where Paul Mescal is in his career now compared to, say, where Daniel Day-Lewis was at the time, um, you know, or Neil Jordan. They were obviously, you know, it was decades ago, so they were at a certain part in their career, but they weren't as young as Paul Mescal is now. And he's also somebody who, you know, unlike them, 
kind of has only appeared in the last couple of years. And the fact that you can go from, you know, a very highly lauded TV show to being nominated for an Oscar in the best actor category, as Paul Mescal has done, is extraordinary. And it shows really that, you know, he's not necessarily an outlier because you also have someone like Saoirse Ronan who's been nominated for Oscars as well, which shows that you've got really great acting talent in Ireland coming out there now. And I think that that is such a win for Ireland and it's such a win for the arts in Ireland too, you know, um, that we're building on the success every year when it comes to the Oscars. And Aoife, you probably can't make a film without any sort of backing. What help do Irish filmmakers have in getting their films to the Oscars? Well, you've got Screen Ireland, which, for example, provided funding to on Colleen Kuhn through that Sinekahar scheme and then also gave it funding for, for example, publicity so that it could do its big publicity campaign to kind of get its name out there towards its Oscar campaign. So you have that Screen Ireland there and it provides a lot of funding for filmmakers at different levels of their career. So it's not just for the big guns, you know, it's for people who are making short films, people at all different stages and then broader as well when it comes to those bigger features. For example, you've got the film relief um, when it comes to tax that's the section 481 film tax credit so basically a, a producer company can use that as credit against corporation tax and revenue will pay the difference there if the relief is more than their tax that's due so that helps them in terms of you know paying those tax bills so it makes it that little bit kind of easier financially for films to make be made in Ireland so you do have, a, have certain schemes there but at the end of the day it's not a cheap thing to try and make a film particularly a feature film that's why you'll often see co-productions as well where Irish filmmakers will co-produce the film with a production companies from outside Ireland which gives them some sort of funding and that's why they might go and film in other countries as well so there are interesting ways of getting around the kind of budgetary issues and there is that support there from Screen Ireland too. When you look back at the film industry in Ireland what other Oscar wins have we had previously? Yeah, if you go back to 1928, Herbert Brennan was nominated for Best Director for a film that was called Sorrel and Son. There was also nominations in 1949, 1953, 1963. You know, some of the bigger names, um, for example, George Bernard Shaw won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for Pygmalion back in 1938. But it was really 1989 that people will remember from our lifetime. And that was the big year when My Left Foot won Best Actor for Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, also Brenda Fricker won as well her Oscar for the same film. Danny Day-Lewis went on to win for There Will Be Blood and also Lincoln. He's got British-Irish citizenship. In 92, Neil Jordan won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for The Crying Game. You know, there's a lot of big wins over the years, but I think that 1989-1992 period is really putting Ireland on the, the Hollywood map. Um, along the way, you've got Glenn Hansard winning his Best Original song Oscar as well for Falling Slowly so we've had a couple of wins too across the shorts and animated shorts so across the year Ireland you know has held its own across the years in the Oscars So obviously everyone will be watching on the 12th of March if we do win big what could it do for Irish cinema? It's really interesting because you know Martin McDonagh isn't strictly an Irish filmmaker I mean he's a British filmmaker with Irish parentage but we have really big Irish stars in his film and also we have a company um, Searchlight Fox Searchlight which is owned by Disney and Disney obviously has its Irish offices here too and a very big presence in Ireland so you've got you know Ireland involved in the mix hugely for that film which shows that Ireland can really be up there with the big guns and so you're one wondering then what will happen in terms of will you see more investment in Irish film from the ground up? I think the hope would be that it's not just the big films that are seen as representing Ireland, that you look at a film like on Colleen Kuhn, which is independent and which has a first time feature director and that you see more of the kind of funding and more of the support coming in at that level. And then that leads you up to the level that Martin McDonagh is at now, where he's very established playwright and filmmaker. And you'd hope too that this would inspire actors and filmmakers across the 
the island to show how far that they can go and that there's really great talent in Ireland and that filmmakers abroad will look to Ireland too and try and maybe poach some of our talent for some of those big Hollywood films. So I think it'll be really inspiring for people across different levels, both behind the scenes and also, um, you know, in front of the camera. And there's probably young people who are going to watch the Oscars in March and think, you know, I'd love to do that. And I think that'd be great, particularly if you get a really nice, diverse mix of people who are entering the industry, which is really important for it going forward. And Eva, there are always lots of predictions coming up to the Oscars. What do you think could be a surprise winner on the night? Yeah, that's an interesting one because I feel like if Paul Meskel, for example, won Best Actor, that'd be a very big surprise on the night. You know, it's more likely that somebody from Banshee's Vinishirin will get it, but that'd be really big. If Andrea Riseborough, who I mentioned earlier, for to Leslie, if she won, that'd be a big surprise. You know, I really would be very surprised to see either of those. But you can on the night find, you know, that there are big surprises happen and that the members of the Academy make decisions that you might not expect. So I think that a lot of stuff are kind of dead certs. I mean, if you're talking about who the big winners overall will be, a lot of people will be expecting that Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a brilliant film starring Michelle Yeoh and directed by the Daniels, will be one of the big winners. Elvis would be expected to, to win big in its category too, the Banshees, the Fablemans as well, Steven Spielberg's films. So a lot of it tends to be pretty set in stone. I mean, if you looked back over the coverage of the predictions of the nominees over the last few weeks, most of the people that are worth their salt predicted a lot of this. There was only a couple of surprises. So if you keep, if you know, if you want to keep an eye on those, you'll be pretty much guaranteed to know who the winners are. But I think that as Andrea Riseborough's nomination proved if enough talk happens around things and if enough kind of fuss is made and if enough recognition of something really good is made, there can be some unexpected surprises on the night. So um, hopefully the surprise won't involve a slap as last year's ceremony involved, um, which has led to Will Smith having to leave the Academy after he slapped um, Chris Rock. But in terms of positive surprises, maybe we might see some winners that we didn't expect. Oh, who among us could forget that Will Smith drama last year? How can people watch the ceremony this year, Aoife? So the awards will take place on the 12th of March. They're on in LA at the Dolby Theatre, but they'll be streaming on Oscar.com, Oscar.org, YouTube, Facebook, etc. You can't miss it. Um, If you want to stay up until the wee hours and watch it, it'll be very easy to catch the ceremony live. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks so much for outlining all of those, Aoife, and we'll be looking forward to the ceremony on the 12th of March. Thanks again to our own Eva Barry for joining us today. You've been listening to the Explainer podcast by thejournal.ie. This episode was brought to you by producers Eva Barry and Nikki Ryan. If you'd like to support all the work that we do here, head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to make a one-off donation or become a monthly subscriber. And of course, you can always leave a review and a rating where you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>